You're listening to the Unframe of Mind show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your host, Daniel Wagner, battles the forces of evil by lobbing fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. Have you been keeping up with anything lately? No, not so much. I've been working on me. Uh, the only thing I've really been keeping on lately is this whole Florida shooter thing. Before we get into anything like, you know, current events-wise, well, what's that been like for you? Just focusing on you and not focusing on society's problems? Basically, I can't fix society, but I can fix me and make myself a happier life, you know? So, because, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm never going to change society. I'm not going to change people's ways of thinking and all that other shit. So, no sense in trying to basically have like a moot conversation with anybody about it and just work on me and try to do what's best for me and my family. Yeah, I guess that's that's probably the best strategy to take for anyone, really. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's that been like for you mentally? Mentally, it's it's actually been really nice to not have to get into like conversations and arguments about <coughs> or debates about anything that's currently going on and worry about other people's bullshit. I'm just like, okay, right on. So it's, it's been it's actually given me a lot of mental clarity. A lot more than I think I've had in a long time. I just it helps me thrive. I just enjoy it. I, I always have enjoyed getting into the discussions and debates and stuff. So it's not, you know, super stressful for me. I know I know a lot of people turn on the news and like all they see is like the world's coming to a fucking end tomorrow, and you're you're gonna miss it if you don't keep watching. <laughs> it's like yeah. super stressful. Well, I mean, I, it's, it's, that's it's never been stressful for me either. Like I'm like you, I've enjoyed this stuff. That's why we you know had all those conversations so many years ago, but. Right. Just sometimes you just got to take a break from it and just be like, okay, fuck all that shit. Let me worry about me and not worry about, let me worry about the intra, not the extra. Yeah. And figure, figure if it's important enough, it'll, it'll get to you somehow. Somebody somebody will tell you somehow, somehow, some way, if it's a Mm -hmm. big enough story. Just a, just another day in American life. Yeah. Cause I got, I got in a lot of debates and, and I'd probably be more interested in talking not so much about the Florida shooting itself, but about just people's reactions to the Florida shooting and how we can actually solve the problem versus how people think, think that they need to solve the problem. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty simple. I think to, you're never going to solve the problem, but pretty simple to sit there and cut down on it. I mean, yeah. Okay. Of course, nobody's going to come to agreement on an all out ban of firearms, but Right now, for a background check, it costs what ten bucks. Yeah, it's not a lot. So, and one thing they don't have in the background check, they don't have court reporting to the NIC system, and they don't have HIPAA reporting to the NIC system. So, why don't you sit there and incorporate and change the HIPAA laws to where they can report mental illnesses to the NIC system and domestic violence and, and, you know, other violent crimes to the NIC system. So when somebody goes for a background check, those things fucking pop up. Oh, you mean so, like, different uh, government organizations getting together and being efficient and sharing their their database and information? Yes! Strange, right? Never never thought of that. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I understand. I don't want my taxpayer money going to that. Your taxpayer money goes to stupid shit all the time. Okay, you right. don't want your taxpayer money going to that. Okay, you're buying a $600 firearm. Okay, make, make the background check 30 40 bucks. <clears throat> That'll cover all the extra shit. Yeah, and, and what do you, yeah. And even if somebody really wants to get a hold of one, if, if it's a larger cost 
to get the background check. I mean, it's not really going to prevent anybody from doing it. What are we talking about? An extra yeah. extra 30 minutes worth of work <laughs> at your job yeah. or something? To... Yeah. So, I mean, and like I said, if you're buying a five $600 firearm, 30 bucks ain't going to fucking kill you. Right. So, Court. I don't understand why... Course, Why people course, are so against certain things like this? Of course, when you when you talk to an anarchist and suggest government laws to uh, fix the problem, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> like no, 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 because because well, what's what's got me, what's driving me nuts is you know as soon as this happened, I mean the, the the bodies weren't even out of the school yet, as usual, and they're already down there. The senators are already on the floor talking about, you know, we need gun control laws. We need to change. We need to do something now. And just, mm-hmm. as usual, taking advantage of, you know, a heightened emotional situation to try to get people to, you know, turn in their guns. Yeah, it's always like that. And two weeks from now, it's not going to matter anymore. It's like they constantly wait for things like this to happen. It's like keep pushing an agenda on, on both sides. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, it's both sides for sure. And but two weeks from now, they're going to stop the the pushing up their agendas and be like, okay, let's go back to, let's focus on this new topic now that just popped up. Yeah. I mean, argue, argue, I mean, it is both sides, but argue, arguably the left is more on the attack, whereas the, the right or the pro gun people are on the, uh, on the defense. Cause they're not necessarily trying to give people more guns or access to higher powered rifles. Or they're just pretty much just trying to like say, Hey, just, just stop, leave it like it is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know, but that doesn't help either. I mean, what, what's the quote? Uh, I can't even think of that right now. But basically, you sit there and do nothing. Nothing's going to get done. So you're not going to change anything. You're not going to make anything better. Right. <clears throat> if you sit there, you're just moot in the entire thing. I mean, it, it's 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 driving me nuts because everybody is so busy looking for a the problem, um, trying to figure out what's what's the cause of this problem, what's the one thing that we could do to make this all go away. And what seems to be never talked about is it's actually very, very extremely complicated. First of all, um, you're talking about the tail end of a very, the very end of a whole lifetime of scenarios that led to this moment. You're talking about the weapon of choice and, and uh, that uh, helped him carry out his decision. Uh, It's it's like, basically we're, we're talking about the symptom and not the disease itself. Yeah, it's like, you Essentially. know, it's like if you said, you know, all school shooters wore trench coats, you know, and banned trench coats, like, <laughs> which is not that far outside of the realm of possibility, you know, people freaked out about yeah. that during the Columbine shooting back years ago. And, and it's like, well, now, hold on now, you're, you're just dealing with these very surface level issues here or trying to solve the problem by dealing with the tail end symptom instead of going back to the root cause, you know? It's like a lot of people are talking about, well, it's 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 got to be the the medications they're on. Well, maybe it's, maybe it lent to it, maybe it added to the problem, but why is he on medications to begin with? You know, why are we doing that? Like I mean, I, I think personally events it, led to that moment. Yeah, I mean it does break down to an individual level, but it also breaks down to kind of a societal level too. You no, know, cuz it's, it's they say it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. So it's not just all at home with parenting. It's it's the entire society in general. So you have more violent video games coming out. You got, you know, 
people get pissed off because there's boobs on TV, but it's okay that I sit there and go shoot this guy on Law and Order. Mm. You, you constantly had that stuff being portrayed to kids three, four, five, six, seven years old. So it kind of becomes part of the daily American culture for them to see all this stuff, and they think it's normal. I don't know. No, I, I'm not saying. I don't know. I mean, it, it might it might lead partially to it, but I, I don't know, man. I, I think people are pretty good at separating, you know, fiction from reality on on the whole. I mean, because right, as a whole, you know, yeah, you got you got you got a shit ton of you know novels and stuff back in the day that you know people are reading books and stuff that have got some real violent shit in them, but you know, I don't I don't know that that necessarily lent to uh, increase in violence. I mean. You know, if you actually look at world statistics right now, like we're we've never been safer, like ever in the history of the world of humankind. Anyway, yeah. it's like the 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 death rates, the the homicide rates and stuff have dropped precipitously just in the last you know few decades. It's like, yeah, you know, we see this on the news. It looks terrible. It's it is terrible. Don't get me wrong, but you know when you're looking at a population just here in the United States of over 350 million people, you know. The, the murder rates are incredibly low, actually statistically insignificant. Yeah, I actually saw uh, some statistics the other day comparing South Africa to us mm -hmm. in uh, common sense. And they have, America has 88 firearms per 100 people or so. I'm sure that's a pretty low number. Uh, it's it's, and, it's uh, 101 firearms per 100 people. Okay, well, this is, I guess, from 2016, so anyway. South Africa had, I think, 30, and I think I'm giving that a little bit of a high number. 30? Per 100 people. Per, okay. Yeah. And the death toll by guns, including suicides and everything, between South Africa and here, it's only like one person per 100,000. So truly, what's the difference then if we have more guns per 100 people and we're only over South Africa by one mm -hmm. in deaths by firearms per 100,000? So there's got to be something wrong in societal roles between there and here. If we almost have triple the amount of firearms that they have. Man, I've I, I seen this, I seen this uh, piece that keeps going around a lot um, talking about just some... Some specific numbers. Um, this this was back in uh, June of 2016 uh, when we had a population of 324 million people, or so. Anyways, talk about there was reported 30,000 gun-related deaths per year, and this number is not disputed. Um, doing the math, that is zero point zero. <coughs> Zero 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 nine two five percent of the population. Like you're talking about way fucking less than even one percent of the population. That this yeah, is happening. Statistically with. insignificant, basically. Statistically does not exist. Right. And if you break it down even further to deaths by suicide rifles. No, no, no. Take out suicide, but if you take it oh. out to like deaths by rifles and murders, it's even smaller than that. Right. Right. Yeah, it goes on saying that 65% of those deaths are by suicide, 15 by law enforcement, 17 through criminal activity and gang and drug-related or mentally ill persons. 3% um, are accidental discharge. It's like, and now you're talking about not 30,000 annually, you're talking about that leaves 5,100. And they still break that down even farther. 
<laughs> like Jesus Christ, five thousand one hundred. Okay, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it, it it seems to make its rounds here lately around the internet every time something happens, and I don't mm-hmm. see people really disputing it. Um, just in comparison to thirty thousand people dying per year from gun related violence, um. You you look at uh, I think okay it's saying two hundred thousand plus people die each year from preventable medical errors. You're safer in Chicago than you are in you're safer in the streets of Chicago than you are in a hospital. It's like, That's yeah. Like if you're if you're looking scary. at statistics and if you're looking at solving a problem, um, it's like Black Lives Matter focusing on white cops shooting black people it's like no that is statistically insignificant as well when you look at compare that to uh black people dying from other black people you know it's like jesus christ man uh but everything just gets so emotionally charged and people are just like it does they they see this terrible thing which yeah it's terrible nobody wants to be in that situation statistically though you're never going to be in that situation the likelihood of you being in that situation is almost non-existent this is true. But, I mean, each side has their, their good points and bad points. So, like, the left side, you know, blaming the tool. Okay. They, they have a fairly good point, I believe, blaming the tool, you know, a rifle. Mm-hmm. That could sit there and mow down people in a matter of a minute. You could take out 2030 in a matter of a minute. Right. You have the rights that they're saying, well, oh, spoons made me fat. No, spoons didn't make you fat, just like the gun didn't kill people. The guy did. But... That spoon definitely helped you down that gallon of fucking Rocky Road, didn't it? Right. So if we want to prevent obesity, we need to ban spoons. Or no, that's not what I'm saying. People to buy smaller spoons. Or yes, smaller spoons, smaller capacity spoons. Yes, hashtag small capacity spoons. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying it's it's a fairly decent point. Okay, yeah, we're not, don't blame the tool, but the tool helped you get the job done more efficiently. Well, yeah, I mean that's just that's just it. Yeah, you're right. It it does seem like a decent point from emotional standpoint yeah it seems perfectly reasonable like yeah that like who the fuck needs it it doesn't make any sense who needs a gun like that who needs access to that um but when you're when you're talking about again statistically it's it's not even it's not even an issue you could probably arm half the population with bazookas and have less deaths it's not i mean this is not that's not the issue And, and and the issue is, I'm just bringing up the points between right. Each no, side, I, right? I got you. They say the issue is more if you look at you know third world history. Okay, what has happened to a, entire populations of people when they take the guns? When the population can't defend themselves against an oppressive government? What has happened? Sure. You have statistical and 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 verifiable proof of what happens when you know a powerful dictator gets into control, takes people's guns, and then decides that well we're going to do it my way and. You can't yeah, yeah. shit about it. It's like that's legitimately scary, and a, a much more, especially if we keep giving so much control over to our governments. Like that's that's a much more likely scenario that could happen. Um, you, you know the the right or whoever comes up with the right left, it doesn't matter. You just say pro gun. They like they like to say, well, if the government really wanted to take us all out, it's, it's your little rifle going to do anything about it? Well. Me by myself? No. no. If you figure you got a hundred million firearm owners, even fifty, even ten million firearm owners, that's a pretty large army across the United States. If the government were to yeah, become yeah. oppressive like by, that, by sheer numbers, we would. Yeah, they have tanks and they have tomahawk missiles and all this other stuff. But yeah, remember, 
who exactly are running those tanks and Tomahawk missiles? Other Americans? American citizens, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some so of them, yeah, they might they might be like, yeah, I'm going to listen to my government. You're all dead. Right. But a lot of them probably aren't going to. Yeah, I've got I've got a few friends in the in the military that I I have zero doubt that if the, if it came down to that they're they're like fuck this I'm out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm gonna sabotage um, what I can from the inside and and revolt, but that's it's gonna be a mess. But I mean, you're talking about you know a numbers game again. It's 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 a numbers game. It always is when you when you start looking at actual policies and laws and stuff like you can't yeah. you can't sit there and let this emotional shit. I, like I, I I still feel like it would be amazing if we could pass a law that says yeah listen to the anarchists talk about passing a law <laughs> but if they would pass a law that says okay whenever a major like news event like this happens and we're and we're still in this emotional emotionally heightened state and not really thinking critically um maybe we should make it a law that says okay we can't sit there and pass any major legislation dictating how we handle these situations until at least six months after the event or even three months after the event. So that way we can all sit down and have our clear heads about us. We're not emotionally torn up over this. We can think critically and look at the actual numbers, and then we'll make a decision. But that's not going to benefit the, the government's ability to grab more power, which is the only thing it really lives for, is to grab more fucking power. And yeah, but you're also talking about Congress, who has a whole year to pass a budget spending bill and waits the last two weeks. Right, yeah. Yeah, super efficient. Well, yeah, super, super, duper <laughs> there's no, efficient. There's no pressures for that until two weeks. You know, procrastination central. Exactly. Yeah, so that's, that's why, okay, as a firearm owner, I'm still in favor of common sense gun reform. Like, okay, if you so want to that? sit there and sell pers person to person, okay, because if I wanted to sell to Joe Blow on the street, there's no background check for him. I don't know what he's capable of. I don't know what it is, but hey, I can go sell it to him. There's no law against me doing that, or at gun shows. Except that the the serial number is still registered to you, and any law that any any law that he breaks with that gun, um, exactly. But occurs to you if you don't. But if they, like in Tennessee, if I fill out a little form that says I sold it to him, and the cops say, "Hey, we retrieved this firearm from this, you know, shooting or whatever." Hey, I sold it to this dude. Okay, yeah. well you're off the hook then. Oh, is that all you got to do? I mean, if, if, yeah, basically. So, I mean, if you wanted to do stuff like that, go go pay a small twenty dollar fee to your local gun shop, and they could he could pay for the ten dollar background check. Okay, he's clear, and then you can sell it to him through them. That's I think that's a pretty good common sense way of stopping person to person sales or the gun show loophole. The gun show loophole. Yeah, I'm um, see. Yeah. I, the only, the biggest problem I have with that is like if if you look at like like we were saying about you know, gun deaths by homicide versus oppressive governments. Um, I, I would rather, if I, if I was to buy a gun from somebody, buy it from somebody who, I, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to skip the background check. I'm more interested in trying to skip over the government knowing that I own a firearm trick. True. <laughs> like that's, that's, that would, I would, I would be much happier as a gun owner if, the only person that know, you know, maybe the only person that knows I even have the gun is the guy that I bought it from. He, he, you know, maybe they have yeah. some some method they can run a background check that the government doesn't have access to. Yeah, fucking right. Um, <laughs> but, It'll probably be more efficient though. Yeah, I mean, you could even do something as far as using uh, this this new blockchain technology to register it to you, and and it would be done anonymously through the thing, or there's some method they could do to make it anonymous that 
I don't know if if for whatever reason this particular gun does commit a crime, then you could go back in and um, uh, the, the, it's, pretty, it's pretty complicated. But you, you, you there's I've heard about blockchains that have um, set aside certain amount of their their value for a voting system within the blockchain. Now, if enough of those people that own the blockchain for the gun ownership thing, they're like, okay, so we just had this mass murder crime go on. This is the gun. This is the serial number. The blockchain people can vote to say, yeah, let's go ahead and reveal the identity of who owns that gun or who sold it to him or, you know, whatever the case is. Maybe that could be a, a potential. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of brainstorming here, but, you know, I'm just, I'm, as I'm paying attention to the blockchain and, and, the, and the crypto industry right now, that seems to be something that is very possible as, as a means of, you know, still doing the background checks on people while at the same time protecting their identity. Yeah, I mean, I definitely get that point. I, I hope I was clear on that because I, I'm not really sure how much that you got. <laughs> I, I got it. There you go. So basically, it'll still be done anonymously. But also, if you're so they're voting to out the person after something happened. Here we are back to square one again, though. What was what was that? Well, you said if the, if the people who own the blockchain vote to out the identity of a person who just committed this murder or whatever it is with this firearm. Yeah. You're still back to square one where we are debating it now. Yeah, it would be a, it would be a community based, um, but it's not a preventative measure from. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it, I guess statistically minute things happening. Yeah, that happen. that would that would that would solve my particular concern about the government. That that was just designed to solve my particular concern about the government having access mm -hmm. to knowledge that I own a firearm. That was the idea there. Yeah, I think I just come up with a fucking great blockchain idea <laughs> there you go you got to cover a forbes soon gun privacy but crypto it's, it's a, that's the thing though like you said people sit there run emotionally charged through this stuff and they're trying to alleviate the symptom rather than trying to cure the root cause of it that could be that could be the uh that could be the, the compromise so to speak is that okay we're gonna do what you were talking about about bigger background checks maybe a higher cost for the background check maybe uh hmm. um maybe some some information being shared between the different servers and stuff you know uh, I, I don't i don't know um and and in return we will make sure that the government does not know who is purchasing this gun like your identity is protected from the government but we're also going to um check your do you do your more extensive background check or I, I don't know. I don't fucking know, man. I don't know. I mean, if, if that was a possibility. Yeah, I can definitely see both sides say, no, no, that's not going to happen. I don't want to pay more. And the left be like, no, we're not going to compromise on that. We want to know your identity. Yeah. And I guess that's a big issue here is both sides don't want to compromise with each other whatsoever. Right. You know, now I understand that in American society, the event, People put the individual first, but we are a society, and I know it's a sound Hitlerish, but sometimes societal needs come before the individual. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Explain yourself, sir. That sounds very uh, uh, what's it? What's very it, uh, communist of you? No, no, not not even communist. Really, um, it sounds uh, utilitarian. Uh, yeah, it could. Which to me but, was never really a solution to begin with, but true we should just but, do, I mean, we should just pass a law because it does the most good for the most people i guess yeah you could you could also see i could i could see where you 
mean that's kind of communist ick <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but we're not okay yes at the micro level we are all individuals leading our individual lives doing our individual stuff for our individual families mm-hmm but all together as a whole, we are a society that has to learn to work together and come together and compromise on certain issues. Right, right. It's the only way anything is to become better or get things done. If not, it's just going to be anarchy running around. Nah. Not in the full sense of the term, but people just caring about individuals, <laughs> caring about themselves. To and be, to on be the clear, smaller, that, was, that was the propaganda version of anarchy, yeah? Yeah. And... uh <laughs> Yeah, we're still going to run around caring about ourselves and our individual selves. But you live in communities. You don't live just by yourself. Yeah, um, you have to. Absolutely. Absolutely. we got to sit there and come up with ideas that we everybody can agree on, everybody can compromise on, that can sit there and benefit us as individuals, but benefit us as a society, which I know accounts, sounds kind of oxymoronic. In some sort of way, especially to an anarchist. No, I mean it. it just sound, no, not at all. Because even in an anarchist society, you would have to communicate, uh, contribute, and work with your community. I mean, you'd still have to be a part of your society. I mean, you, arguably, you'd be even more of a part of your society than you even are now, because you don't have the government coming in and and allowing people to um, sit in these little, you know, sanction themselves off in these little, <laughs> little categories and stuff. It's like, it's like, you know, if I wanted to, I could just stay here and collect a welfare check and never interact with my uh, community and never reach out for help from them. You know, the government's going to help me. So I don't need to know my neighbors and build a relationship with my, my local community. Um, that, that, that all gets removed as soon as the government comes in and tries to solve your problems for you by giving you free money. Um, I feel like yeah. we've gotten way off the <laughs> way off the beaten path a, here. A but. Of, yeah, but basically it stems down to us trying to figure out a solution behind issues that are in our society. Yeah, and, and the thing is, yeah, it's, it's so nuanced. Like, we're, I mean, everybody like like we started at the beginning is everybody's talking about okay, it's the guns, it's it's the drugs, it's the this, uh, you know. Um, but no, it's it's more nuanced than that. It's it's more individualized. It's more like uh, we have. There's so many caveats to it. Right. You, you got to really sit down and look at this and say, you know, you, there's no, I don't think there's any law that, you know, regardless of what we've talked about, no single law that's just going to suddenly like clean this all up. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you, no, it's you, not, not in a society of 350 million people. It's not going to happen. I mean, I can make a pretty good argument how uh, in an anarchic society we'll have way less of this. Um, and that would start with, like I said, not having government trying to help people so much. Like, people have to be part of their community. They have to know their neighbors. Um, you, you Women would be more responsible for choosing decent men. And, and we wouldn't have this single mother state where, you know, everywhere where rates of single motherhood are way, way up also is the youth male violence because you don't have a father figure in the house. You know, all that shit practically goes away because people's decisions are made differently. The incentives are repositioned to, you know, you actually have to be a productive member of society in that case. Yeah, that, that I mean, kind of reminds me of like the, the utopian 1950s, 1960s nuclear family thing. Because back then you really didn't have 
too much of the craziness in the world that you got going on, or you really didn't have access to it because of the internet and, you know, the way everything is. Yeah. But back then, you know, that, that's a point that a lot of other people like to bring up. Back then, you know, you could afford one income. You could buy a house and cars and support your family. Now it's hard to even do it on two incomes. Right. Back then, you didn't really have too much of mass shootings going on and things like that. So what really changed the society to bring us to this point? And I know your number one point is going to be too much government intervention. Too much intervention. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's got to do it. And especially you see the numbers spiking around the time that the government was taking off the gold standard. Um, mm -hmm. You see it start to rise back when the, when the Federal Reserve was implemented. You know, you had a fucking Great Depression because ever yeah. since the, uh, the invention of the Federal Reserve, check this out. This is, this, is pretty, this is pretty straightforward. I don't think anybody can argue with this one. Look, once the Federal Reserve was created up until now, the U.S. dollar has lost over 90% of its original value. Okay? So you're dealing with a few, like single-digit percentages worth of the, the money that you once was able to work with. So then you take people off the gold standard, that shit skyrockets even more as far as losing value. Um, so now you've got this situation where, guess what? Both parents have to go work. Okay. Now that both parents are working, government's happy because, hey, we got more tax cattle to bring us more money. Oh, it's even mm -hmm. worse than that because now you got another uh, whole industry built up around it through uh, daycare services and babysitting services and after school services. Those are all more taxpayers that we can have. Um, yep. We're making more, we're, we're making bank as a government. But guess what's happening? That nuclear family idea that you brought up a minute ago, that's breaking up. Mom and dad are working. Yep. Um, and we're giving them we're giving them money, so mom doesn't even necessarily have to have a man around. She can just get money from the government. So now you got a situation where the kids that are growing up in this environment they are experiencing one parent, if that, like, because she's got to work two jobs just to make ends meet. She's held up as a strong individual woman. Like that's all bullshit that we've been fed. And these kids are trying, basically raising themselves, being neglected like crazy, um, being just tossed around from service to service. And then we wonder why the fuck are we shooting up schools? <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck, man. It, it does seem like a linear train of thought to, that gets us to that point. I don't think it's that unreasonable. I mean, it's it's obviously one it's track, and there's a lot more to it. There's obviously a lot of little side streets and caveats and whatnot to it. But that's a, a general, like, if, if you quit tampering with the fucking value of the money, guess what? We can go back to having one uh, wage earner in the house and... Go back to having mom staying at home raising the kids, which is statistically the best thing for the kids, especially in their early years from like one to six years old. They need a parent, like full-time parent. Yeah. And when you drop them off at schools, they actually suffer. When you drop them off at daycare at a young age, they actually the, – the, the same brain centers that light up when they're literally abandoned by their mother are the, is the exact same brain centers that light up when you drop them off at daycare centers. Like, mm -hmm. Jesus, man, <laughs> this is not rocket science, but it's all been obscured and hidden from us through all this propaganda about the strong individual woman in the welfare state and how much we're going to build a better society through all these different programs, laws and rules and regulations. No, well, then we haven't. It's been, even though you say we're safer, I think society has, as far as values has slightly declined a little bit. That, I would agree. Yeah, I, I mean, there's... <sighs> We, we've gone on this back to the individual thing. Hey, I need to be a strong individual. Mm -hmm. No matter whether it's woman or man, I got to do this. I got to do that. Hashtag gender roles, whatever you want it to be. But 
is that a good train of thought, though, to look back and be like, is that really the reason why we're at where we are now with these mass shootings? You talking about the breakup of the family? Yeah, what we just said, basically, from the induction of the Federal Reserve and value of the money going down, both parents having to work now, and the tax cattle keep coming in mm-hmm. to where we are today. Was it a, a whole three, four, five generation thing that brought us to where we are? The breakdown of, I guess, family values in today's society versus 50, 60 years ago. I mean, that's, that's like I said, that's one path. I mean, you've also got the, the huge attack on the Christian religion that's going on right now, you know, which is arguably probably the the most the most safe value as far as family values is concerned, the, the, the safest possible religion you could be in. You know, I mean, when you talk about some of these other some of these other religions like the Islamic religion, that's completely antithetical to anything that we stand for. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm an uh-huh. atheist, but hell, as far as values are concerned, I'm as Christian as can be. You know, yeah, you can put yourself in that category. But I really don't see there's an attack on Christianity whatsoever. No, no. Religion is religion; it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like like an atheist would say, morals don't come from religion anyway. No, no, they really they really don't they really don't. Um, but that being said, um. You've got a number of uh, I would I would say lower IQ folks that aren't able to kind of think through this stuff. So they the religion is a good little platform for them to kind of work from. It's like a it's like a ready made kit for them to just use instead of having to think paint the numbers stuff. Yeah, it's, like, it's, a, it's a it's a paint by numbers for for your value system. Yeah, but thinking about it though, and I'm gonna think a little bit harder on it. That, even though you said it's only one street to go down to get to where we are today, it's pretty, I would say, logical. Over the past 50, 60 years, seeing the decline of values and morals in people because of where we used to be to where we are now. All just all just to bring money in. Does that bring us back to an old video we did, that money is the root of all evil? kind of does <laughs> no i think i think I, I, it's it's not so much the money's the problem the money's not the problem it's that's the the control over that money shit you just said something that the love of that money you just, something that you just said that 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 sparked something um how you were you were talking about how this is this is all you know pretty low oh, oh that's what i was gonna say um i was sitting there thinking you know back even during the late eighties, early nineties, as I was growing up as a kid, you know, I, I come from, you know, a strong nuclear family, you know, my mom and dad are still to this day, they're still together and raising kids. And I remember going out and being a part of my, my neighborhood, you know, I was actually, Mm -hmm. we knew all of our neighbors, like all the way down the street. Like I knew everybody, I was hanging out with everybody. I was, I was able to run free basically we'd, we'd ride our bikes and I'd, I'd go two three four five miles from the house you know just riding bikes and going visiting friends and you know it wasn't it wasn't a thing you know it's like the community was pretty strong you know you knew everybody like i don't see that as much now because people are able to you know be in their little cocoons you know order exactly. everything from the internet I, I don't have a problem with the internet or nothing but i do have a problem with people not having any reason whatsoever 
to go out and get to know their neighbors and build relationships with their community. That's I think that's going to be way more uh, productive in solving the mass school shooting problem in, in terms of, you know, OK, how many of how many of the neighbors knew this kid? Like how, how, how strong was his community? How much help Perfect. did they offer? You know, if it takes a village to raise a kid, the village needs to know the kid, you know, mm-hmm. very true. I mean, you know, you know, if 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 I would have acted up three houses down at my neighbor's house, you know, your first, mom and daddy gonna know about it. My mom and dad gonna know about it for damn straight. <laughs> They're gonna get a call, or my neighbor's gonna grab me up by the arm and drag me on back down to home. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're gonna know about it. You know, my neighbors are gonna know what they can get away with. They know that they're gonna be able to, you know, like I said, grab me by the arm, drag me home, and my my parents are gonna say, "Get your hands off my kid." They're gonna say, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> uh, we're gonna go ahead and handle yeah. this now. <laughs> you know, well, that's that could be one thing. People need to get back into their communities. And I don't mean your community as your entire township. Just your first, your your couple blocks, right, right? That you live by. Have a fucking block party or something. Get to know people. Be a part of society instead of being dug into the internet and watching TV. But I think that it kind of comes with the individuals. We all kind of have an addictive personality. Everybody does, I think. And so we get on one little thing like the internet or TV or your favorite YouTube show or your favorite television show and you kind of just dig, binge out to it that, sort of like that's Netflix all, binging that's all that's all symptoms too though that leads back to not having a strong community that's what I'm saying though that's also a reason why people don't have it. It, it it's kind of a duality it's a circular thing we don't have strong communities because people are addictive and dug into the internet and TV and they're dug into those things, so they don't have a strong community. You you hear about you hear about this? Uh, there's an experiment a long time ago where they took a rat and put him in a cage and gave him two mm-hmm. water bottles. One was one was just regular water, and the other one was filled with like heroin, drugs, <laughs> shit like that. And the the rat would sit there and constantly drink from the one that had the heroin in it, you know, all the time. And uh, so they so they concluded that yeah, this stuff's super addictive, and you know that's just how it is. Um, you know, it'd be like, I'm trying to, trying to draw a parallel to, you know, sitting around watching your favorite YouTube channel or watching right. Netflix all day instead of interacting with your community. Well, um, another guy saw this experiment and said, well, something's wrong here. Now, hold on a minute. He created a, a environment where you have basically a, a little rat heaven, like, like all the toys he could have, all the, all the other rat friends he could have in there to have sex with. And just, you know, basically everything a rat could possibly want to be super happy and, it, and then they did the same thing. They put the, the two different water bottles in there, one straight water and the other one laced with, with uh, I, I believe it was heroin. And it turns out that the rats actually preferred the regular water instead of the heroin. They would still, you know, do a little bit of the heroin, you know, just because just it's fun, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But they wouldn't sit there and OD on it and, and sit there and just, yeah. you know, get addicted to it because they had a community. They were they were communal creatures. It's like... If you if you look at all this addictive behavior and then think, well, wait a minute, <laughs> there's no strong community here. I wonder why they're you know it's like it's the same thing. You know, you try to try to control the the very tail end, the very last symptom that you saw in the news. If you try to control the gun, if you try to control the drugs, if you try to control you know uh, the Netflix Anything. shows, and you know, well, guess what? Well, we people are addicted to Netflix, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, pass a law that says you can only watch thirty minutes of Netflix a day. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not dealing with the issue; you're dealing with the tail end problem here. 
Like, you got to think a little deeper than that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly think a lot of things can be solved if people dug back into their communities a little bit more like they used to. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I think agree. you can alleviate drug issues with that. I think you can alleviate, you know, income, no, not income equality, but like housing issues with that. Oh, I can't afford, you know, to do this to my house. So now it's falling apart. And no, because your community would rally behind you because they know you and they, right. they talk to you. And they know you as a person and they'll be like, oh, no, no, we'll help you out with yeah, that. No problem. Yeah, you, you would, you would throw on a barbecue and have friends come over and, you know, y'all eat, eat some good food together and work on a project and, together. You know, you know. Fucking fix your your sinking slab foundation or whatever it is, yeah. yeah. But nobody wants to do that stuff anymore. Nobody wants to get out in the community and get to know I would argue who that, lives next door. I would argue that everybody kind of wants to, but they're not being forced to. The incentives aren't right for them to have to. I, I really, I really feel like that. The people want to be have a deeper connection with their community around them. They just either don't know how, or the incentives are set up to where they. It's easier that they're going to take the, the the easier path, and the easier path is, well, I can just collect this government check, or you know, it's it's just easier for for that than it is for them to go out and actually interact with their their community. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you set it up or take away the incentives that prevent community, obviously that makes government but weaker. As humans, I I know humans do things because they're incentivized for it, but. Do you really need an incentive to do certain things and be a good person? I, I mean, not necessarily, but I mean, for financial purposes and shit like that. I mean, if you're... But it costs you nothing to walk across the street and have a five-minute conversation with your neighbor. There's no there's no downside to that, really, unless your neighbor's like some psychotic asshole. <laughs> I get it. I but get hey, it. but at least you know he's a psychotic asshole. Yeah, that's true. Now, and now you can you warn know. people about now that shit. Know. Yeah. Now you know. Um, so would would that be okay? Since we're since we're always trying to come to a conclusion of how to solve things, do you think that a stronger community base would solve things like mass shootings? Absolutely. I think it would solve a lot of problems. And I think that's what America needs to do. America needs to come back and be a not even a society anymore. Get rid of that term. And be a community, even if it is millions of individual communities. Yeah, it would be it'd be easier though to just go on Twitter and throw out snarky comments about gun gun violence and gun control. Why yeah, just do that. That's all stuff. Yeah, that takes some real I effort. I mean, I know we're we're big on trying to find solutions, and I think that's probably to be the best thing that anybody can do. Not the snarky Twitter comments, but oh, oh, sorry, yeah, communities yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the yeah. clarification. <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, millions of people watch this show and open up a new Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. Like, we found the solution, guys. These guys make a lot of sense. Let's get on Twitter. Yeah, maybe get off Facebook and get off Twitter and talking to people that are 3,000 miles away and talk to the person that's 30 feet away. See how they feel about things. Like, I, I understand that people get kind of. They're emboldened on the internet to talk about what they want to talk about because, yeah. you know, the whole term computer warrior, keyboard warrior, whatever it is, and people really don't talk about this stuff face-to-face -face with their neighbors because they don't want to create a divide. Yeah, it's... And it's, that goes uh, back to people being emotional, though. Like, if I go to my neighbor and say, oh, yeah, we need gun control, and they're like, no, fuck that. They have 30 guns in their house and whatnot. It's like, people just need to sit down and put the emotions aside. 
so they can sit there and discuss this stuff, and they can actually go feel not so closed off and get back to the community standpoint. Yeah, I think uh, when when you when you boil it down, hold on, hold on, just a second. I want I want to read this verbatim because I'm I really feel this way. Um, I had I had put a post. It seems to be getting a lot of uh, a lot of interest, a lot of interaction. So I must be hitting some note. I wrote a Second Amendment mentioned right to bear arms. Never specifically mentioned guns. The weapon of choice is the symptom, not the cause. And as I told another friend of mine. If you want to actually solve the problem, look at their childhood. This stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. This kid needed attention, love, and validation. This was his way of getting notice in a world that couldn't care less about his very existence. Neglect is a motherfucker. Better to be hated and noticed than to have never existed at all. Wow, was that not the best ideagasm you've ever had? Want to do it again? Go to unframeofmind.com to find more mind-stretching, world-altering podcasts, videos, and articles, and get those critical thinking juices flowing.